If you would like to support the podcast and get some extra content while you're there, head on over to patreon.com forward slash severe MMA podcast and sign up. From the rewatch to the Q&A, we will have loads of content every week. So sign up, patreon.com forward slash severe MMA podcast. And now, here's the podcast. Graham McDonald is an idiot. Sean Sheehan of severemma.com. He even has the audacity to call himself the quote-unquote pod god. This is Severe MMA. Severe MMA. Severe MMA. Severe MMA. Severe MMA. Severe MMA. The Severe MMA Podcast is finally here. Welcome to the Severe MMA Podcast. Here's your host, Sean Sheehan. Welcome, welcome everybody. It's episode 319 of the Severe MMA Podcast. My name is Sean Sheehan, joined today by the Phil Babb of Irish MMA Media, Graham McDonald, as we look back at one of the maddest nights in the history of mixed martial arts last night at UFC 264. And we look forward to some of the fights coming up next week as well. And we, you know, we're going to break down everything uh, that happened and what's next for Conor McGregor, what's next for Dustin Poirier and everything else like that. Before we do that, we must tell you this episode of the show is brought to you by the official trimmer of the UFC, Manscaped. They're not only the sponsor of this podcast, but they also have sponsored multiple UFC stars like Max Holloway, Francis Ngannou, and Sugar Sean O'Malley, who we saw last night. Manscaped is here to ensure your favorite fighter doesn't miss weight because of their pubes. And uh, myself and Graham, I know we've been uh, big on it here for the last while. Um, Manscaped have, you know, some absolutely awesome products which, which we use all the time and they're really changing the game with their perfect package 3 bind door uh, it includes a premier lawnmower 3.0 trimmer the ceramic blade and skin safe technology are designed to reduce nicks or tugs on your fellas down low and for all the international listeners in ireland and the uk and australia and new zealand and canada and everywhere in the eu it's time to hop on the manscaped movement to Perfect, perfect package 3.0 included in that you'll also get the crop preserver deodorant uh, it's uh, for anti-chafing and moisturising the crop reviver toner which is an aloe vera infused cologne for below the belt and for a limited time subscribers get not one but two free gifts a shed travel bag $39 in value and it is it's a really good one uh, and a patented uh, anti our high-performance anti-chafing boxers from Manscaped. So get 20% off and free shipping with the code SEVEREMMA at manscaped.com. That's 20% off and free shipping with the code SEVEREMMA at manscaped.com. Join your favorite UFC fighters on the Manscaped revolution. Promo code SEVEREMMA, 20% off, free shipping, manscaped.com. Right, Graham. Let's. Uh, I suppose let's get straight into it. And uh, you know, we we've talked a lot at ad nauseum. A lot of people would say about this McGregor versus Poirier fight. Uh, we talked about McGregor having a fast start. Poirier maybe you know trying to get on top on the ground in the first round. Um, you know, seeing how McGregor could come through that, seeing what would happen as the fight went on. And we got you know we got parts of that. We got the. Uh, the initial kind of striking, we got McGregor's game plan. Uh, we were uh, bits and pieces of it anyway. We got Parry on top and McGregor surviving, and then we got the the awful, awful finish. Now we get into the whole fight. We'll we'll dissect it piece by piece. Uh, but what what was your reaction immediately after the fight last night? Uh, just seeing the injury, like it was, 
it, it, sometimes you know we we watch sports down through the years, and you know you're a big Liverpool fan, and C says I was one I I look at who broke his leg multiple times. I'm sure you're watching those games, and you know I watch Luke Shaw break it, and Anderson Silva, and Chris Weidman, and things like that. It's it's weird with McGregor. There's always like this extra bit on top because it's Conor McGregor, you know, and he is the biggest star in the history of the sport. And there's casuals watching. There's people who love him, and there's people who absolutely hate him. And it's you know you sometimes you need to to knock out that noise. The word Dustin Poirier is used all week, and uh, and look at what actually happened to himself. And we know we'll talk about the noise, and we'll talk about all that in a second as well. But that injury. It was pretty raw, wasn't it? What was your reaction immediately as you, as you saw it? Yeah, it was obviously pretty gruesome. You know, we've seen uh, too many of these uh, bone breaks in the UFC uh, recently that maybe uh, become a bit desensitized to it. But maybe because because he's uh, a guy I've known for like ten years, it kind of seems a bit more. It hits a bit more or something. I don't know. It, it, it was. I think a lot of people didn't even notice that uh, that the leg had gone, or that the, the ankle had buckled and the leg had gone, and until after the round, I think people thought he'd been dropped by the kind of reaction. Um, so uh, I, I straight away saw saw the leg go. Um, I think I messaged you straight away saying uh, it's gone. Um, and uh, yeah, it's just yeah, you know, it's a devastating injury, really. You know. We see this in other. You mentioned like uh, DJ Bell, say Luke Shaw, and stuff like that. Like, I think, like, you know, maybe 20 to 15, 20 years ago, it might have been a career ender. Nowadays, we've seen people come back from these kind of things and be as good as ever. But, uh, you know, it's definitely no uh, laughing matter and it's no small injury and it's going to take a lot of re- recuperating. And, you know, um, hopefully, you know, you can you can get that leg back the same as before, but there's definitely no guarantees that something something as bad as this. Yeah, that like my I suppose my reaction as well was, you know, we've we've seen it so many times. Like I, initially as well, when you know you said, um, did did you think it was a, a knockdown? Did you think it was a, a broken leg or what? I like I knew it wasn't a knockdown because I saw him like step back, but I was wondering whether it was just like he slipped or whether he broke the leg or anything. But I think it was clearly as he was kind of on the ground and as he kind of couldn't move, but did manage to survive fair play at them uh, on the ground t- towards the end of the round. Uh, you could, I think you could see pretty clearly it was the broken leg. And then especially, you know, as the round did and McGregor was like not getting back to his stool or anything, that'd be the first thing he'd normally do. I knew, oh my God, there was something wrong. But then it was one of those ones as well where you'd like, you don't want to see the fight end in that exact moment. It was one of those really where it was just like the worst possible timing because... Um, look, it looked like Paria was overwhelming him a small bit. Although we will get into that, and he, like, I think it was very badly analysed on TV and afterwards as well. But what, whatever about that. But McGregor, look, if you thought McGregor was doing okay on the ground, or if you thought McGregor was getting overwhelmed, he got back up, and it was just back into the striking realm. You know, it was about to go to the last what six, seven seconds of the round, and then we had a new round that starts in the feed again, and you know, more excitement. And that was kind of ripped away in just that second. So it was a very, very bad time. Look, any time is a bad time uh, to break your leg like that. But it was, you know, it was one of those ones that, you know, if someone throws a kick and it's checked and the leg is broken, you're like, oh, shit. And you immediately recognize it. One of them like that where it's it's a freak accident. Um, people were trying to. I think the the people online and the broadcast were trying to search for a reason to kind yeah. of credit it, Justin Poirier, and they were showing these kicks, showing a kick that like was like you know the seventh ago kick, yeah. like after it's ridiculous, like, you know, it was just searching for a reason to kind of 
you know, make it not uh, a freak accident, which is I thought was very strange. Uh, yeah. I don't think the, if I don't think I think the, yeah, I don't I don't know why I don't think they would have done that with any other fighter. I don't know what the what it, the thinking is there or what the it was beyond bizarre. Look, McGregor put out a tweet there after the uh, the Chris Weidman one. And basically kind of explain what this is, you know, he's like, this is probably tens and thousands of tiny little things that have happened because you've kicked the leg so many times. I know micro fractures, micro fractures. Yeah, this was this was a thing that, you know, if he had an injury a year ago or maybe a month ago or something like that, and it comes back up and it's it this this leg was going to go at some stage. You know, you hear doctors talking about that at, at sometimes. It it wasn't anything got look, what was it got to do with the, the ten kicks he threw before? Yeah, maybe, but it was also probably got to do with the thousand kicks he threw in training and the you know, the twenty thousand kicks he's drawn throughout his life. There wasn't I went back and watched all of them with a fight to fine tooth comb really, really closely. I watched all the kicks and not one of them apart like it, you could argue maybe the last one he threw hurt him a little bit because of the way he stepped back from it but that last one was not a low leg kick Poirier didn't check it it was on the meat of the of the uh, of the leg so i didn't really see it look to me if you go back and watch it in slow motion just the final uh, or the, the the two to three seconds in which the leg snaps mcgregor and Poirier go both go to throw a straight left both miss but McGregor kind of hits the side of Poirier's head yeah. yeah barely clipped like did not hurt him or anything no you know you wouldn't count as a significant strike but when he did that it kind of kinked him to the right you know so it was kind of like a do-do as he went off the side of Poirier like if it had landed a clean shot he probably would have just stepped back normally on his leg but the fact that kinked him to the right a little bit made him step back onto the side of his leg and then just shattered down through the middle like it was an absolute we, you know, we've seen, uh, I think it pro wrestling, oddly, is one of those ones where we see it a lot, where people, like, come off the top rope and land on their leg and it snaps. I think it, uh, I think it maybe happened to Hulk Hogan once or one of those guys that looks like Hulk Hogan that day around. Uh, you know, it happened to, to some Seth he, Rollins. He was the, the stinky face guy. Didn't that, he didn't he break his leg by just kind of stepping on it or am yeah. I thinking of uh, Rikishi, is it? Oh, was it Ricky? I don't, oh, yeah, I think he might have actually. Yeah, but it, <clears throat> the fact that, like, McGregor was coming straight back down on it with all his weight and you know there isn't that much weight on it i suppose but he's only a small guy but it was just it was one of those freak accidents and it, it, i thought the look the broadcast was the Poirier, look it was one of those ones Poirier said it he said he landed the kick so they had to go and look for it and they went and looked for it and they found the kick the Poirier said but I think from well, that he kind of said it originally and then Joe Rogan kind of questioned him on it and he kind of backed away from it a little bit he said yeah. oh maybe maybe you know yeah. I, it was strange the whole Dustin's reaction was not what that was strange it was not what you would have expected from yeah from from Dustin yeah like I I, I think yeah there's Look, they had to pull it up. They had to show the kick and show where it possibly happened. But then when you could clearly see it didn't happen there, I thought the way they kind of just played along with it was very bad. And, you know, we've talked about the UFC broadcast team for ages now and how they just put disinformation out there all the time. And then you see that disinformation put around online as facts. And then it, you know, it just becomes the, 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 <laughs> the official story, if you want to put it that way. Uh, welcome to history, Sean. Welcome oh, to history. Welcome to history indeed. Um, but yeah, it was, look, it was pretty clear. I think anyone with a set of eyes who's watched fights over the last while, it was, it was pretty clear the way he was, the, the one day that they called out that, that they isolated for the shot that hurt him, he threw six, seven 
kicks after that. He stood in it. He was moving around. So I don't think there's any call for that. I don't think it was Poria at all that that caused that. Now we will get into the rest of the fight in a second. Uh, but but the the leg break itself it was. Um, I think it was it was just that freak accident. Um, the next thing I want to talk about is like the reaction afterwards. You mentioned a little bit there with Pari and the um, uh, in the interview afterwards. I look Pari. It's one of those ones. It was a little bit of an Alistair, you know, over him. He tapped, and I felt that kind of kind of job. Not as bad, I think, because he probably you know probably heard McGregor hitting him hard at one stage and think, oh, I checked that, and, you know, so it wasn't as bad, but it was a bit weird, but I thought the way they both reacted afterwards, and the both things they said was just, was very, very classless, and it was bad, like, it was, McGregor and the lead-up, you know, I think a lot of people, and we talked about it on, on the shows during the week, and I talked about it with Spencer as well, over on Patreon, about he was kind of like, he was acting as if he was Conor McGregor, rather than being Conor McGregor, but the weird thing about it was after this fight, when he kind of kept saying the same thing while he had that broken leg, was like, well, maybe he wasn't, maybe he wasn't acting, you know, maybe he was, he had got back this nasty streak and, you know, whether that's a good thing or a bad thing in terms of the fight, in terms of where the fight may, might have gone, uh, you could decide that for yourself. But from like a personality point of view, it feels like, it feels like he kind of got back to the Habib nasty personality rather than the one he was looking for was the the hungry blueberries fun personality um and that wasn't just before the fight it carried on after the fight as well you know it was what he's when he was on the ground and he said you know Conan Dustin Poirier's wife a hoe and everything that was off and I thought from Poirier as well the way he did like the Billy strut right up against McGregor and I know people say well he McGregor deserves it because of all the shit he talked look Fair enough, but if you want to be the bigger man, be the bigger man, and don't do that sort of thing. McGregor, a hundred percent, was worse. Everything that he said and he did was way, way worse. But I think Poirier didn't really cover himself in the best light. You know, McGregor saying he was going to kill him and he was going to die. That I think because of like the inauthentic, inauthentic way he had carried himself over the last couple of days. I don't think people really took much uh, from that you know it's like oh well he's just saying stuff again you know noises Dustin Poirier said but like to the wider, wider audience and to the Poirier himself seemingly it uh it it struck a card with him and uh, he didn't like it at all so like it, it wasn't the most nasty fight we've built up we've seen even in the most nasty McGregor fight build up we've seen um but the way it ended was very violent and the aftermath as well was was pretty bad but look we all know what's going to happen we all know how it's going to build but what, what did you think of the the initial aftermath um how mcgregor reacted and how Poirier rea- reacted like i think you could forgive mcgregor a bit for how he reacted because he was there with a broken leg but you know the the whole yeah, wife surprised they interviewed him to be honest uh, yeah, yeah. you know yeah usually they they wouldn't um you know uh, uh you know i think both guys obviously reacted badly um Poirier, you know, uh, obviously was pissed off. You could see that in his in his his words and his his actions after the fight. Uh, and obviously, you know, it's it's hugely frustrating and annoying. And pissed, Connor's pissed off too because he's just broken his leg in a freak incident and you know in a huge fight for him. So obviously, everybody's kind of emotions are high and all that stuff. And it's right after a huge fight. Uh, you know, we talked about all the jeopardy around this fight and what it could mean, and also. You know, if you if you talk to both guys, maybe half an hour, an hour after, they probably would have said different things. It's just in the kind of the heat of the moment. 
things that maybe shouldn't be said or done were were said and done. Yeah, look, I think uh, I wouldn't worry too much. Of, no. Wouldn't worry too much about it though. Yeah, uh, like I think, um, it, look, it was one of those things where, yeah, if we're analysing those words that were said, it's, they were pretty bad. But I think, I don't know, I, don't, I think the injury was so bad and what we're kind of going to get in, in the future, I think it will be swept under the, the carpet a little bit. But I think it's, a, look, the point you made about interviewing him, I was, I just did a radio spot there and they kind of asked me about that and I, I, I hadn't really thought about it that much. But I think when it is, Look, we we have this debate, I think, a lot because of guys who are knocked out and they can't say the right thing at that time because, like, their brain is frizzled or whatever. Um, McGregor, look, McGregor was roaring and shouting on the ground when he was going out in the stretcher. He was uh, he was waving at people and high fiving people and all. So his mind was there. Okay, his leg was was hurt badly. Um, so I don't really mind it too much, to be honest. I thought it was I thought it was okay. When people wanted to hear from Conor McGregor. We knew at that stage that he wasn't going to be at the press conference because he'd have to go to hospital uh, because he had the shattered leg. So I think. I th- I was okay with it to be honest. I, I know people might give out to me and say I'm contradicting this, myself. If this, you know, if, if this was the first time that this happened, or like the first kind of if this was Anderson Silva Weidman, um, even though it was kind of like you know maybe a, more of a check a checked leg kick, but if that if they had a you know interviewed Anderson, <laughs> well, do you think you know? Yeah, I don't know. I think we just come desensitized to it. Yeah, we have. Yeah, because we've watched so we've watched so many injuries and so many fights, and maybe the hardcore MMA fans. <clears throat> just think it's normal but for other people maybe they think oh leave the guy alone but it's not too big of a deal either way i I think the way he reacted to it as well i think look i think these sort of ones are very situational i think like mcgregor is he a lot of people you know call him mentally weak and everything like that i think in those sort of situations if that was me or you we'd be fucking bawling crying and be like get me a fucking air get me oxygen get me to an ambulance the fact that he was there i like i saw I mean, a guy tapping the ground the second my leg broke and yeah just up and getting punched in the face yeah exactly <laughs> exactly yeah and he was there like trying to survive towards the end of the round and roaring for like this is a doctor stoppage not a knockout or whatever he's just like an ins- an insane man like let's be honest about it here and uh it's just that level you i don't think you can look McGregor, people have questioned mcgregor's tough before and in certain places you know fair enough but like after that i don't know it's he's just an insane man to be honest and to, to be sitting there and like you could see at the end of the interview with joe rogan he was like ah fucking it, it was it was i don't think it was the pain i think it was more the frustration that he's gonna be out for like another year again oh and, yeah you can yeah. see the frustration in his face and his voice and his demeanor and everything i think it was just pure frustration you know obviously hadn't had much time to process the whole thing but you know that that's you don't need any doctor to tell you that's a long time out, you know. Yeah, <laughs> you I, know yourself. I think we we'll get into the fight in a second, but let's look. Let's look forward first, and then we we look back at the fight itself. Um, from McGregor's point of view, I think that that is it. Like that is the crux. Of what we we just said there, like coming into this fight, uh, a lot of what I I don't think he necessarily said it, but I think he had said it previous to the the or. Uh, um, after the first fight and and previous uh, as well that he likes to be active he he's at his best when he's fighting and you could see you know he had four fights in 11 months the time with the two diaz fights and uh what was it aldo was it and, and eddie alvarez and he was at his best in you know that was the best portion of his career um and the fact that now he's gone back again to where he'll be out for a year you know or at minimum nine months you know it's it's one of those where it is um it's just for it look 
you can say what you want about uh, Conor McGregor as as a person or as a as a character or whatever, but as a fighter, the fact that we have lost so much of his career because of you know boxing matches and and the coronavirus and everything like that. Um, and you know his own doing as well. He's decided to, to do yeah. things like that. But to and not, to lose another year of it as a as a purely an MMA fan, you know, if the same thing had happened to Dustin Poirier last night or or uh, Wonderboy or someone like that, I would have said the same thing. It's just and and especially McGregor because so much of his career has been lost. And you know he did ACL back in the day as well. And anyone who watched the documentary knows the terrible, terrible injuries that he's had down through the years. It's it's very sad to lose another year again. And for him as well to have kind of gotten those two fights. If he come out of last night saying he look, if he'd won, great, he would have fought towards the end of the year or maybe early next year. Even if he'd say lost by, you know, guillotine or something like that, he could have fought Nate Diaz next or Masvidal, and he'd be back in, and you know his career would would keep going. And you know, we even with a loss, he could have built it straight back up. But the fact that it ended like this for McGregor himself as as a as a fighter A versus fighter B, you know, it's it's very sad that we're losing one of the best fighters for a year you know it's it's really really sad what, what, what do you think about like i suppose another question to, to put to that a lot of people are saying to me will mcgregor be back what what you know him graham do you think he'll do you think he'll be bouncing back for this yeah. do you think he'll come back i i think any fighter would never would not, like at any level would not want their career to end in that way you know what i mean uh, uh you know uh how would you call it? Like a freak, a freak incident. Yeah. It's becoming more and more, you know, um, we've seen things breaking up, but this is more of a, you know, he planted his foot and happened. We've seen it more with like, you know, strikes or stuff like that. Like, or, you know, um, um, you can see kind of how it happened, but, uh, here it's, you know, it looks like a pre, pre, uh, pre-existing injury of some kind. And, you know, uh, there's only so many injuries you can you can have to you know vital parts of your body before you you know it's it's hard to recover fully back to what you were but uh mm. you know in in the modern age and you know when you go to the best doctors and stuff you have the the best chance and you know assuming this all heals up as as you know as they hope and as the doctors probably ex- expect or whatever then yeah he'll it, like as long as he's able to fight he'll always be fighting i think yeah and we look we've seen before as well with mcgregor as i mentioned documentary he's had lots of injuries down through the years and you never know what he was carrying into this or whatever as well you know so it's um it's it's a tough one you know he's a guy who never pulls out no matter what like yeah. you, you saw that in the documentaries the bad knee injury he had a chance to pull out when aldo pulled out with the rib he didn't he got another fight against mendez like you know, we saw the scene with Lorenzo and, and Dana. Like they weren't even pushing that. You know, that was that was going to hit uh, Connor. Put that on the table and made that happen. So, you know, um, people love you when you're when you're on top, and then when you know when you lose, people love to kind of laugh at you or whatever. But mm-hmm. you know, this is a guy who, you know, always turns up no matter what the injury. Uh, always, you know, there's lots of guys out there the same in the UFC, and you know they should get respect for you know entertaining the fans and stuff. But it seems like you know. Uh, a lot of people, you know, don't really care about that. They they just want to be entertained. They don't care about the the yeah. fighters and stuff. So, uh, you know, obviously uh, it's a dangerous game and all that stuff. But this is, um, you know, obviously a, you know, a kind of freak incident. I know m- many people may listen to this and think, you know, after watching the broadcast or after watching them themselves, they may disagree and think it was a it was a fight related injury. But I I really don't think so. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, look, it wasn't. It, well, we listen. We know it wasn't. Um, I want one point as well. I have to to hit on here, and 
look, it's a thing down through the years. We're, look, we're obviously different because of the, with MMA, because we're covering the sport and we have to talk about it in a certain way. And we do talk about it in a certain way, but like, we're fans of sports as well. Like, we, soccer or whatever sport we are. And, you know, there's, there's certain players down through the years, Graham, I'm sure you've hated. And I've hated Liverpool players and Arsenal players and stuff like that. And yeah, it's 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 kind of like a, a banter hate, though. You know, yeah. like it's not a real hate. You're like you don't want to see like I know, like Van Dyke, for example. That's like, exactly what I was thinking of. Yeah, it's nobody wants to like. Yeah. I, uh, maybe some fans, Man United fans, are celebrating that, but I don't think you like you were, you know, sensible, mm-hmm. uh, level-headed, hoping that <laughs> players. Maybe, 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 maybe I'm wrong. Maybe you're like that, but like when, for example, Luke Shaw breaks his leg or something, I'm not like in any way happy. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? I think. Look, I think in it's different in sports like that as well, where it's like. You're kind of in. You're happy that the team is going to struggle, but you're not happy that poor person. You know, and I think in soccer and sports like that as well. For us, we're kind of, you know, further apart from it. They're like not real humans to us. They're so rich and everything. It's just it feels like a world apart. But I don't know in MMA, even though it's Conor McGregor and he's, um, you know, Farb's number one. It doesn't feel, especially for you, I'm, I'm assume it doesn't feel like it's. It, you know, it doesn't feel to, to us anyway that like it's uh, a world away from us. But I feel like to some fans it does. And I, I look, this is something I struggle with where Conor McGregor loses badly and just breaks his leg and there's people laughing at him. And, you know, if this had happened to Anderson Silva, I'd say the same thing. Or Chris Wyburn, I'd say the same thing. Look, the, the Gilbert Burns got booed last night against my fucking favourite fighter. And I didn't like the, the crowd but reaction. You know, if the it. exact same, exact opposite thing happened, you know, the reaction would have been would have been very different, yeah. I think. I, I, I just find it, especially in MMA, it's one of those sports where, you know, it, they're, they're going in there and the, the this could happen... Look, it, it happened to Virgil van Dijk once in his career. He'd probably never get an injury like that again. Conor McGregor has had multiple injuries. You know, Max Holloway, when he was moving, he tore his ACL. And, you know, in the, before the Chad Mendes fight, he did it. And, in you know, in this fight as well, big, big things uh, have happened to him throughout his career. And other, you know, fighters as well. I, I don't know. I find it very hard to get in the mindset of laughing at a fighter who, you know, and fair enough, look... If you if your prerogative is Conor McGregor is a scumbag and he said disgusting things, he said he was going to kill a man, he said he was going to put him out in a stretcher and he went out in a stretcher himself. Fair enough, you know I can't, there's there's no way I can disagree with you or there's no way I can give out to you, but I feel like you know if you want to criticize from McGregor you know, for that, why not be the bigger person yourself and not do that and feel a little bit sorry for him or what? I don't know. It's, it's one that maybe we, some people listen to this will agree with me. And then other people listen to this will say he fucking deserves that. He's a scumbag, you know? And I don't know. I, I could, I could feel that if it was another sport, maybe, or if I could, you know, uh, and I'm not saying I'm above doing that. No, absolutely not. You know, I've slagged Graham for the last year about Virgil van Dijk being injured. I'm not, not going to lie. Uh, and I've done it on this podcast and everything. But, like, it's, I don't know. When it's just, when it, when it is like that, when it's an MMA fight and when it's someone like that, it's, it's I don't know, it's it's a very, very tough one for me to get in that mindset of of a... Uh, uh, of a of a fan who just like will laugh at someone in that situation, but however, let's let's talk about the fight, Graham. Um, I thought it shades of Chad Mendes to be honest in this fight. McGregor starts well, attack 
t- he was attacking the legs in this, whereas in the it was the body against Chad Mendes. Then the fight ended up on the ground. McGregor was relatively close to that guillotine, but I thought that when Poria moves to the right and got towards the cage, I think it was gone then, and McGregor maybe should have given it up a little bit earlier. Um, what- I think he shouldn't have went for it at all, really, think so? to be honest. Yeah, I think so. I think, um, you know, he, he could have, you know, just kind of defended against the cage and tried to land some clinch strikes exchange and, you know... Um, try and just work his way out there but uh, obviously once you've gone for the guillotine uh, if you don't get it you're going to end up on bottom and that's what happened and you know I think I think he was winning the the, the fight up until that moment and obviously yeah. you know uh, uh, you know it, it, he, he landed Poirier landed some good ground and on top Connor landed a few good elbows but Connor managed to get back up at the end and you know I think the round was, was definitely Poirier uh, after after the after the ground and pound, yeah. it was probably it was probably Poirier's, but I saw the judge judges, a couple of judges apparently had a ten eight. So I think they must have thought that it was a knockdown that caused the, you know, the the, the fight ending uh, yeah. sequence. So uh, yeah, I think that must have been what was going on there. I, I well, I'll get to that in a second. But the, the um yeah the fight itself. Look, I uh, the thing that went through my head when he was going for that guillotine was his talk all week about how I want to take an MMA approach. I remember him against Habib saying like I I was too afraid of the ground and I should have like he gave me a neck a couple of times and he gave me things I should have taken him down, put him on the ground or guillotined him or submitted him. And same against Poirier when he threw the leg kicks, he said I should have taken him down and landed on top. I felt like it was one of those situations where McGregor was like well I'm taking MMA approach to this guillotine is there you know we've down through the years we've seen SBG they have a very good guillotine um, and he, he just went for it. it you know in the large scale of, of, of the fight we actually don't really know if it was a bad decision or not because I, I feel like we were kind of taken away just in the point where we were about to find out um, and especially towards the, maybe the, like the second or third minute of the of the second round if it had got that far we, we would have seen whether McGregor would have faded again um, on the ground there I didn't think Poria over having gone back and watched it three or four times I don't think Poria overwhelmed him as much as it looked it was it was very I think the commentary yeah I think the commentary made it seem like some of the shots were much bigger than they were like I think if that was any other fighter taking them shots they might have been you know telling an antidote or making a joke but (laughs) I don't know the narrative seemed to already be Uh, be set in their minds the issue as well is the crowd are roaring and it's just going absolutely insane like you I could hear uh, I think it was Joe Rogan or Carmier said at one stage oh Herb is looking at it and Herb was looking at it and there was absolutely no need. Poirier, look, Poirier won from that point of view, don't get me wrong, or for that point on, he landed some big shots. Absolutely do not get me wrong. But there was there was no stage there where it was near stopping it. He was throwing a lot of them, and McGregor was dodging them. I think a big right hand that Poirier landed after he had just gotten up was the biggest shot, and that was the one that hurt McGregor the most. And I think that was, his ear was kind of bleeding a little bit. I think maybe that was the one that cut his ear. That was a big, big shot. But a lot of those elbows, McGregor was moving and getting away from him and he was landing a lot of elbows himself as well from the bottom um but i look i think as you said mcgregor was winning the fight when it was standing when it got to the ground Poirier took over and i think he he had taken the round at that stage just with with yeah. those shots and with the pressure it wasn't one way traffic on the feet or anything like Poirier had no. some some nice yeah. nice stuff as well but i think uh, uh like i'm obviously the the shill here or whatever people people think that but uh <laughs> That's you know I think, I, I think the yeah i think the um I think the narrative of all the, the fight was over anyway before that happened is just so wrong. Ridiculous. I think, you know, they're, they're looking back at like maybe, uh, 
previous, um, you know, Connor gassing out and assuming that's going to happen here, even though there was, I didn't see any evidence of that. Yeah, I, look, it was pretty ridiculous. He got back to the field. He was he was throwing shots. Maybe he would have gassed, but we. It, there was no evidence that he was 100% going to... Like, like the, the thing about McGregor is we all kind of acknowledged if he didn't get... You know, if it went three rounds, it probably wouldn't be going well for him. Well, he had another five minutes to go. Like, what if Poirier didn't get another takedown in the second round and McGregor had full five minutes of striking? There was at one stage in that first round where McGregor had a lovely left hand and Poirier just ducked out of the way of it. It'll, it's a shot that won't be, like, looked at or anything, but it was a great defence by Poirier, but it was so close. If that had landed, it would have been night-night, you know? Uh, and there's no reason to say McGregor wouldn't have done that again in the second round. Like, I think... It's one of those ones where, uh, who do I think would have won at that point? I think it probably would have been Poirier uh, if it had kept going. But, like, if you were to say, McGregor fans will say, oh, McGregor was still in it, he would have won. Poirier fans will say, well, Poirier had it won. Uh, <laughs> what are you talking about? Or else they'd say, he would have won it easily in the second round anyway. We don't, look, we don't know. We don't. I think you probably would have given it, you know, 60% Poirier, 40% McGregor, or probably maybe even more, you know, maybe 70-30 or even higher than that. But, um... Uh, like I think, the, and the, the point as well you made about the 10 eight and two judges giving a 10 eight. I talked to a couple of judges about this, and they made the exact same point to me um, that the f- the strike. So the, even though it was a freak accident, that that's impact was on McGregor. You know, it wasn't an illegal strike. He ended up at the end of the round, all you know, fighting for his life in the in the in the round. The Herdine almost stopped it as the fight was in, and he was getting overwhelmed on the ground. Um, t- to look at that and to see that after Poirier was already winning the round 10-9, it's a borderline 10-8. I think you can see why a judge would give a 10-8, why they would give a 10-9. I would have personally given a 10-9 because of the the main impact didn't actually happen by Poirier, so you can't really give it to him, but... You know what came after that? I think Poirier landed a lot of shots and landed his harder shots probably directly after that. But look, that doesn't matter. It's a, that's only a, a scoring thing. But um, yeah, the fight. Look, the fight itself was one of the rounds of the year. I thought you know there was there was a lot yeah, of absolutely brilliant. It was it was violence, wasn't uh, it? Yeah, and it was it was exciting. And you know, I think you know, I think it would have continued to be exciting. I think you know, uh, we we kind of got robbed of uh, you know an all time classic there. Yeah, we I think potentially, we did, yeah. you know. Yeah, we we could have like because yeah, imagine if McGregor had say won the second round and it's, you get into the third round and it's oh is he gonna gas and then you know it's it's an even third round like that. Uh, yeah, it's it's a, such a pity. Like I think the like one, if he can keep chipping away, if he could have yeah. kept chipping away at the kicks and the the body work and you know uh, all that stuff, you know we will just never know. So it's all just ifs and buts. Yeah, I think. Uh, as well, before we we move on to it, the game plan for McGregor, um, I th- I think you know we we a lot of talk coming in. Would, would he give up this boxing stance? Would he go back to the the karate stance? I think uh, I think it was a bit of a hybrid. To be honest, he came out straight away and he was throwing these spinning kicks, but he wasn't bouncing on his feet like he used to do. But he was more sliding in and out of range, but in more of. Uh, a flat-footed sense, and now I, flat-footed may sound like a bad thing, but I, I actually don't think it was. I think he was doing it very, very well. He was staying out at a distance where Parry could kick him, coming in, landing those shots, and getting right back out again. You know, we always hear the phrase "all the way in" or "all the way out," and from all the way out, McGregor was coming all the way in by throwing those big long kicks, or you know, to the to the head and to the body, or throwing them to the legs as well. And um, I thought it was, I thought it was a very, very good game plan he had uh, he had put out there, like Parry 
area, landed a couple of shots, and he landed, I think there was one leg kick that McGregor kind of got a little bit close with, and Poirier stepped in, and that's what kind of got the clinch, and McGregor was clinching him, and then Poirier ended up uh, getting it to the ground, and we, you know, we saw the guillotine and everything from that, but from a, a technique point of view, a tactics point of view, which we spoke about before, look, I, I think... I think McGregor did the right things. You know, I think he had the right tactics. Um, I think Poirier struggled a little bit. You know, Poirier was getting that leg kicked off him. You could see he was affecting him a little bit. I don't think there's any doubt about that. If you go back and watch it, those leg kicks definitely hurt Poirier. Um, McGregor didn't really take that many of them. You know, maybe if the fight had gone longer, I think Poirier uh, would have maybe timed McGregor a little bit better and started landing a few leg kicks of his own, but he only landed one or two uh, throughout it. But... Yeah, there was no doubt about it. I think on the feet, McGregor was performing better than he did in the last fight defensively as well. I spoke about that an awful lot coming into it uh, to look at McGregor and how he defended those uh, punches. And, okay, we, we mentioned he, he had one or two, but I don't think... Like the last fight, I felt like McGregor was taking too many punches um, and was kind of there to hit after he hit Poirier. I don't think that was the case here. So it's it's an awful pity because we saw a good McGregor in there. We saw a vicious Poirier. That, that's one thing. I must mention that the viciousness of both of those guys in there. There, there was knockout blows going everywhere. There was blows to fucking hurt your legs. There was, you know, blows to fucking to do damage. Even the elbows from Gregor on the ground. Very bad intentions. The elbows from Poirier on the ground. Everything was thrown with bad intentions. Uh, and it was it was a, an unbelievable round. And we were we were robbed. You know, Dustin Poirier was robbed of a win, maybe you could say. McGregor was maybe robbed of a, of a, of a, an awesome comeback, I suppose. People would have said it, uh, even though it wasn't that much of a comeback. But... Yeah, we were, and we were robbed maybe of clarity uh, of who is you know the better fighter. But um, I uh, do you think they'll do it again, Graham? What, what, so what would you expect? Look, Dustin Barrio, there's no more. There's isn't much analysation we need to do with that. He's going to go and he's going to fight Charles Oliveira. Probably, I would say January, February, maybe. Um, what do you think is the trajectory for both guys going forward? If you were to predict, will they meet again? How will it go? You know, it's all all. Obviously, depending on McGregor's uh, healing and uh, getting better from this and coming back, well, what would what would your prediction of the trajectory be for both guys? Well, listening to Dana, as uh, what Dana was saying at the, the post fight press conference, um, you know, uh, he seems to think he seemed to be saying that obviously Poirier is going to fight for the title, and um, uh, they kind of said it's unfinished business. Is the the fight's not or the it's not over? It doesn't want to end it like that, and there'll probably be a a fourth one, I don't know, like you know, how quickly it would be. Connor, you have to assume be out for the guts of, of a year here now. Uh, and coming in back in against somebody like Poirier straight away, you know, uh, after after on the record two losses in, in a row to Poirier, probably you know, isn't the most fair in terms of a sport, but uh, sounds, sounds like something Conor McGregor too, does, yeah. doesn't it? <laughs> Yeah, somebody. Uh, yeah, somebody made a point. Um, I can't remember who, but it was basically saying that, like, you know, if it was an a normal a normal mid mid uh, popularity fighter, there'd be no way they'd be getting in the title fight for the foreseeable future, if ever. But with you know, with money, like you know, look at the pay per views. Dana saying they they got well one point two before the event even started. And he's expecting about one point seven, like you, like you predicted. Um, so you know, <laughs> money talks. So what was it? A what was the gate like? Sixteen, seventeen million or something? Yeah, I think he said something like that. Yeah, my my prediction you know, that was a good talks. one. Though, wasn't it? One point. Yeah. One well, we'll see what what happens at the end. But yeah, it looks like uh, you know a very very good number in in this day and age with streams and uh, illegal streams being so 
so easily accessed and, and all that stuff and uh, with people being able to go to each other's houses again uh, and watch it together instead of having to order it separately I think you know the UFC really missed the missed trick there they could have easily you know put on a couple more Conor yeah, McGregor super really fights during the, during the pandemic and got a, got a lot of money but uh you know, I don't know what the reasoning was there. Yeah. Obviously, uh, we talked about the Dana Connor situation around looking for fights uh, before, but uh, yeah, it's it's uh, you know a lot can change in a year. Um, you'd, you'd you'd hope that you'd come back after a devastating injury like that and have a bit of a warm up fight before you know going in against who people consider to be you know the favorite over Charles Oliveira, the best, the best. Uh, the best in the, the the future champion or whatever the champion in waiting. So, uh, I think you know it'll probably happen again. You know, at some stage, yeah. but I don't know. I just don't know when. I I don't think it'll be in the in the near future. Anyway, obviously with an injury, but uh, you know, a lot can change in MMA. Maybe Poirier won't be won't be the champion by the time, or won't ever be the champion, or won't be the champion anymore by the time um, you know injuries heal up and everything's and Connor's looking to be rebooked. Yeah, like I I suppose for. The uh, the normality I suppose of the matchmaking. If if Barrio was to lose to Charles Oliveira, I suppose it'd make more sense to make McGregor versus Barrio then. Uh, but if he wins, are they going to turn up the opportunity to make McGregor versus Barrio for? for the belt like i'm sure Parry is no idiot he has talked about the money being the big thing for him if he beats charles Oliveira and it's six months down the line and conor mcgregor is you know is on instagram kicking a bag or something and he's yeah. on his way back and you can fight who like you can fight any top 10 guy or top five guy for a fraction of the yeah. the money pay-per-view points and all that mm-hmm. you know it'd be a I'd be surprised if Poirier wasn't wasn't interested in this fight at some stage uh, in the uh, future. I, I, that's my prediction. I think Poirier will win the title, and I think it'll be McGregor versus Poirier for the title around maybe this time next year. Um, but we'll we'll wait. No, 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 no comeback fight. <laughs> no comeback fight. It's it's Conor McGregor we're talking about here. No, you could say what you want about Conor McGregor, but that man fought Habib Nurmagomedov uh, after two years out of the sport. That man is uh, and with fucking what was it seven or eight weeks notice or le- six weeks notice or something like that. That man is a fucking. He didn't give a fuck. Like <laughs> let's be honest. You can say what you want about McGregor, but he's a he does not give a fuck. But. Yeah, however, look, we spent uh, 42 minutes talking about that fight now. I, we will, uh, we will, I'll spend more time talking about it on the Q&A uh, over on Patreon, patreon.com forward slash severe podcast. Sign up there and send in your uh, your questions and uh, that will be out Tuesday morning. Probably be, uh, you know, could even be a two-parter this week. We have lots of questions coming in, so the more questions, the more um, the more podcast we will have. Um, and as well, just here, t- thanks everyone who signed up this week. I know a few people have even upped their uh, subscription and it means an awful lot to, to myself and Graham. We really really appreciate it uh put in the work that i put in the work anyway graham do fucking nothing but <laughs> i put in the work this week it was a very very stressful one uh with uh with just everything but with fucking the internet going for me my sound recording going and everything but i managed to get things out anyway and uh i think we put out some uh some good content and uh i think people on patreon and and elsewhere were happy with it as well so it was uh you know it's always a big week when mcgregor fights and i'm you know it's a pity we won't get no one for another year but um you know, we might have uh, Dean Barry and Ian Gary and other people in there again in the in the UFC uh, before uh, before we we see McGregor back. Um, right, let's look at some of the other fights. Gilbert Burns versus Wonderboy Graham. I thought it was a relatively close fight. 
the first round, obviously, Burns got on top, and he did great work and landed some big, big shots. The second and third, I thought, were close. I thought Wonderboy was winning the third very well um, with that wheel kick that landed, and... You know, Burns gone on top. He didn't land too much until like the ten illegal shots at the very end of the round, which weren't the best. Yeah. Now, oh my god! Uh, th- there were. I went back and I watched it in slow motion, and okay, I'm the biggest wonder by stand in the world. But and some there, of them were back of the neck and yes. like that. But they were the ones that did land were not like. Uh, you know, caused by Wonderboy turning his head awkwardly or by like a scramble, or they were just blatant back of the head shots. And my God, I was looking straight at them. I don't know what was going on there. Yeah, look, it was, I think it was because it was the end of the round. I think if there was, if it was her being, what would the reaction have been? <laughs> yeah, it probably would have been a lot worse to be honest. But I think the fact that the fight was just ending, like Goddard was like, right, right, let's give it a second. And then the fight's over, kind of like I think if there was a minute left, he would have stopped, give him a warning, and stopped, started again. But I think it's, uh, but it's, I think it's a lot more dangerous of a foul than like a, a fence grab or a short grab or whatever, you know. Mm-hmm. And there's a reason why there's no skull back there, it's, uh, like brain stems back there, you know what I mean? Uh, it's a it's a dangerous thing, and I think you know. I didn't see anybody really saying it, but I think, you know, you probably should have, you know, at least said something. If not, you know, there's a lot of shots there. You could have had a point taken and there would have been basically no argument with that. Like, Yeah, yeah, look, yeah, fair enough. I, I watched it back and I didn't think there was as many to the back of the head as it seemed live. So, you know, I would love my boy Wonderboy to get a draw there or something. But, you know, it was, I think, look, I think, I think Goddard deserves a little bit of criticism for it. I think he probably should have stopped it. You know, I know there was only three seconds left or five seconds or whatever, but stop it there at that stage. Warn him not to hit to the back of the head and continue. I know it wouldn't wouldn't have meant any difference. Like, don't do it again. There's fucking three seconds left. He won't get the opportunity to do it again. Or just shout at him when he did it the first two or three times. And then if he does it again, then you can can take a point. Or if he hears the ref shouting that, he'll probably stop, you know, because he doesn't want to throw away this fight in the last five seconds for a few, like, you know, he he probably I think the first round he you know he won pretty pretty clearly um wasn't like the wasn't like a huge um it wasn't a huge vast uh yeah. Wonder Boy yeah. but it wasn't much from Wonderboy and the second one I thought Wonderboy won so like Burns did need the third round but I think you know uh you know he he should have been warned at the very least to stop doing that. I think like it wasn't a case where it was, as I said, a scramble or anything, or the ref wasn't you know on the wrong side or anything. It was just blatant. I think. Yeah, I I actually uh, I actually had it the other way around. I thought I, I thought the second was very close, and I gave it to Burns. I actually gave Wonder by the third because I didn't think there was much from from Burns. I thought that wheel kick was the most immediately impactful shot of the of the whole round. Um, you know, he had Burns hurt, I thought, after that. So, like, I, I could have seen a 29-28 Wonderboy, but I could also see a 30-27 Burns, you know, was on them. And I think Burns was the better fighter all, all the way through. So, look, very good uh, very good game plan, and I thought he executed it well as well, Burns did. I thought Wonderboy actually... Well, he was able to get, get in on the takedowns a lot. Very well, uh, yeah. On the hips a lot, a lot uh, like, better than I thought he would. You know, he mm-hmm. he's uh, obviously, you know, Wonderboy's shown how hard he is to, to get in on. And, and even when you get in on his hips, how hard he is to take down but you know Burns you know I think they came up and said on uh, on the broadcast that it was his like three his third takedown was the most he'd ever he'd ever gotten a fight maybe that talks more to you know how quickly he's made the guys in the past when he got them down but yeah, uh, you know uh, yeah I was surprised I thought Wonderboy would be able to you know avoid that um, avoid that takedown and kind of um, you know just stay away and you point fight and just win win the fight easily so yeah, yeah all credit to Gilbert Burns there he, he showed he's uh 
you know, his game is still evolving. I think, you know, he's still getting better and better. We've seen that fight to fight, I think, now. Uh, maybe it's harder to see it in the Usman fight, obviously, because he lost that. But, uh, you yeah, know, I think, uh, you know, he's still developing. And he's obviously, they mentioned how good he is. Actually, we all know how good he is at Jiu-Jitsu. And they mentioned that he went in there against one of the best in a grappling match recently and, and beat him. So, you know, uh, he's definitely he's definitely a real, real threat. And beating Wonderboy is a huge statement. Yeah, I, I look, I thought it was a pity for the division, though. I, I think Burns will be back, and I wouldn't be surprised to see him in a title fight again. But, like, I look... Looking at last night and the way he was, Wonderboy was taken down. I look, I think people will probably say Usman would take him down, but Wonderboy is very good at surviving on the ground as well. And then you have that, you know, maybe round or half round where Wonderboy gets on the feet against Usman and it's going to be, uh, you know, high jeopardy in there. It's a pity. I would have loved to have seen that fight, but, you know, they've wanted to keep Wonderboy out of that title picture for a long time now and it's going to take him a long time to get back into it. So I think this is probably the last we see maybe of Wonderboy as a title contender. I'd like to see him go to middleweight. You know, I think middleweight's a terrible division. He could go up there, get a couple of wins, and be right in there. And him versus Adesanya, you know, might be the best fight in the world. But I think it'll be uh, it'll be a bit of fun. But um, yeah, look, already has a win over Whitaker as well. So yeah, yeah you know, he, Whitaker might be interested in trying to avenge that. Yeah, and, and, and if you beat Whitaker, then you're straight in the, the Whitt- conversation. Whitaker might be the champion before not too long because like Whitaker's been very good recently, and Adesanya. You know, he's beatable now. We've seen ways for Adesanya to be beaten, so that's a big fight as well. And if Wonderboy did go up there, let's say he knocks out someone like fucking, I don't know, um, Edmund Tarverdian or whatever you call him, Edmund Shabazian, you know, he could be right in there. uh, (laughs) Whatever you call him. Yeah, whatever you call him, that lad. Uh, Right. Uh, Taitu Ivasa, Greg Hardy. What a fucking round this one. Taitu Ivasa, I don't think anyone has ever taken an opportunity better. He came out to fucking the Spice Girls. Went in there, took a big shot from Greg Hardy, almost knocked out, then floored him with a fucking left hand, uh, knocked him out, got on top of the octagon, did his shoe, he drank a beer out of a fucking shoe, uh, went down, t- told Joe oh, Rogan, so disgusting, <laughs> told Joe Rogan basically, what the fuck are you talking about Joe, I'll find anyone, then went out, did his shoe with a- another beer with Dustin Poirier's hot sauce on it. Well the guy kind of snuck it in there at yeah, the end. The fuck, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then, then he was then like, another Ooh. couple, and then somebody was pouring fucking alcohol from the the higher the rafters down at the rafters, yeah. pouring the beer <laughs> to his mouth. I don't know, like it's entertaining and all that, but like, how many times can he drink shoeies before it's just <laughs> hey, what's wrong with this guy? <laughs> it's uh it's like uh, shake, I think shake one shoey post post win is enough. I don't no. think the extra the extra three were necessary. There's, ne- there's never enough shoeies. There's no number of shoeies that can ever be enough. Uh, it was just. I thought he was just like he was one of those lads. If you'd never watched uh, MMA before, if you'd never seen him fight before, because you're you know you're watching the McGregor fight, you want to see him fight again. You're like that mad shoey bastard is going to be fighting again. And look, no harm seeing Greg Hardy get knocked out either. Fucking prick. So fair fair play at the tight to Ivasa. Yeah, it's definitely uh, a memorable uh, performance in the in the cage and mm-hmm. and afterwards. You know, you definitely as you said, like you know if you. If you're if you're gonna you know not really call anybody out or, or anything like that, the, the best thing you can do is be entertaining, and he definitely was entertaining. So uh, yeah, uh, you know, perfect weekend for him, really. Yeah, hundred uh, percent. Irina Aldana, then she missed weight unfortunately, but had a fantastic performance against Yana Kunitskaya. Yeah. It was one of those ones that it was such a devastating win. It may, I, and I for a while wanted to see her fight uh, Amanda Nunes. And now, don't get me wrong, I think Amanda Nunes will win, but there's slim pickings in that division for people. And I think Aldana, she's big, she's strong, she's can be vicious at times. I think she's technically good. I actually think she'd give Amanda Nunes a better fight than most people know. 
and Manu Nunes could come in on record in 40 seconds, you know, <laughs> I, I look stupid here, but I think there is the potential for Aldana to give Nunes a bit of a better fight. I, do, I don't think I think if they fought 100 times, uh, Manu Nunes has probably been 101 of them. <laughs> but, yeah, I, think, uh, I think Aldana is a, is a good challenger for her, and uh, I was impressed by it. Um, um, and yeah, so it was Sean O'Malley then. What did you think of the, the stoppage in the O'Malley Chris Matinho fight? I think there's no doubt about um, it. Matinho tough, but what, what do you think of the stoppage? Yeah, I think what must have happened is like you know, he could have stopped it earlier, but there was no like one huge, huge like kind of moment where I think Herb was looking for a moment to, to stop it to kind of save the guy from, from damage. But the, I can understand why people are kind of a bit ah, here, you know, he got so close to the end. It was a real warrior underdog performance, you know, real D- Diego Sanchez job, like walking forward, getting punched in the face and, you know, trying to, trying to finish the guy with everything you have and, you know, fair play to the guy. But I think, you know, if anything, it probably should have been stopped a little bit earlier, mm-hmm. but you know, uh, I understand, you know, people are enjoying the fight and, and enjoying the underdog story. And he's still, he's still alive and kicking, you know, he, I don't think he was going to finish O'Malley, but you know, there's never, there's ne- it's, it's MMA. We've seen, we've seen crazier things, but uh, you know, I can see, I can kind of see it both ways. I think, I think Herb was probably thinking, ah, the, the first chance I get to stop it here, I'm going to stop it, and it kind of went on and on, and then O'Malley kind of upped the pace a bit and landed a probably what, seven or eight strikes, and uh, I think Herb, I saw on the replay, Herb was kind of talking, talking to um. What's the name again? Martinio, uh, is it? Chris Martinio, yeah. Martinio. Um, was kind of talking to him, probably saying, you know, show me something or, or fight back or something. You know, he, he, he seemed to be talking to him. I don't know exactly what was said, but uh, yeah, I think I think the stoppage was, was okay. I think, you know, if it was a little bit earlier, I wouldn't have, I wouldn't have been open arms. And if it, if you let him go the last 30 seconds after, you know, getting to the last 30 seconds, I probably uh, wouldn't have been open arms either. But the ref's job is to not worry about the clock. You know, he's... He's uh he's there for the safety of the fighter and yeah. you know it's better it's better that he stopped it early than he let it go too long and the guy took like you know something that would you know hurt him even even worse. To be honest, I I thought it was a perfectly timed stoppage. I, look, I've criticized Herb Dean more than anyone on planet Earth probably maybe maybe that hardy aside <laughs> over the last few years. I think he's not a good yeah. referee anymore. And there's a lot of disagreement online about it and you know Herb had to do it in the moment. You know what but I mean? Like, it's, he it's, got it's, it right. it's a difficult it's a difficult job. I know some people like even even if. Even if it, people disagree with it, you know it wasn't a it wasn't an egregious no, error. Like you no. know what I mean? It was. It was I, I just feel like your bloodlust for this fight to go on for another thirty seconds, which Chris Martino would one hundred percent absolutely definitely have lost. Do you think it's think Do you think it's like the underdog story or the guy getting to decisions uh, nearly like a moral victory for him or something? And they kind of like you know. It's on a side, some of it is that I think it's it's going to probably be like thirty twenty four, one of the most lopsided beatings in UFC history. Uh, yeah, but people, lo- you love that kind of stuff. You're one of your favorite fighters, Diego Sanchez. I, <laughs> yeah, but like I, 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 what you said there, Momali had upped it. He he was overwhelming him a little bit, and I think like remember the fight was it um, Glover Teixeira versus Anthony Smith? That one where Herzog got absolutely slated because he never he didn't stop it because of the, the the prolonged beating that Smith took. And I after that we were talking about he didn't get that moment to stop it. If he had gotten the moment, he would have taken it. Herb got the moment. This is the same thing. It was a, a similar sort of beating. Herb had gotten the moment and he took that moment. And it was the perfect stoppage. I know, look, it's we all had a few drinks and it's a Conor McGregor fight night and all the casuals are out and everything like that. But letting a guy get a moral victory 
is not as important as saving 25 seconds of that guy's fucking brain. Yeah. I suppose if it, was a, if it was a five-round fight, for example, and it was it was still all that time to go and it was stopped in that circumstance, I think, you know, nobody would have would have argued. So I think a lot of it is, though, you know, the thing of, oh, he was so close to, to getting the decision. Yeah, I, I think it was. But, like, we, we have to take a step back. And I think Sean Dini asked the, the question, actually, over in the Q&A, which I, we, we'll, we'll get to, about, like, the, the Twitter sphere kind of going mad in nights like this and getting carried away. This was 100 hundred percent one of these i saw like legitimate journalists and all saying ah he should have been given the opportunity can we please like he was not going to win this fight he was taking a humongous amount of damage and herb dean saved him from more of that damage he had no hope of winning like all the best thing that can happen is he's he loses you know he loses by decision a lopsided huge decision so I don't know. I think people need to take a fucking step back. Look, I can understand you want him to get a moral victory. That's this kind of boxing thing you, where you see out the 12 rounds. He's seen out fucking three rounds. Get over it. Like, for, I, I thought, I don't know. Very, I just, this really annoyed me. It really did. That, that guy had taken such a beating on short notice. Uh, he did need more. He really did not need more. But anyway, um, we'll run through the rest pretty quickly. Max Griffin, Carlos Condit. I thought it was another one who was relatively close. Um, I thought Carlos Candid actually looked better than he's looked uh, recently. He, he won the second, lost the first and third. Uh, I mm. think Griffin landed a big shot late in the third just to take it away. I thought that was close up until then. But uh, you didn't think Candid looked yeah. great, did you? Uh, I totally looked slow. You know, uh, obviously he's been around a long time. How many fights has he had? What, 46 fights? Yeah. yeah, and you know, uh, how many gym fights has he had? Like a lot of them, he's been he was a champion back today. A lot of five round fights, you know, a lot of time in the cage. I suppose it's understandable the wear and tear, time out, uh, age, all that stuff is going to play effect. But, uh, yeah, um, uh, I, I thought he looked okay. He didn't look like he didn't, wasn't sad, you know, like we've seen with some guys uh, in the past, like Chuck Liddell or, or BJ Penn and stuff like that. But uh, it's definitely not the the Condit of old, and I think you know there's no there's no prospect of that being recaptured. I think the the issue with the Condit game has is, moved on a lot as well. Yeah, you know? that uh, that's exactly the point I was going to make. I think in 2021, um, like Condit can't outpoint someone in the way he he used to, and I think his like finishing moves are more on uh, are more ineffective than they, than they once were. Um, yeah, I just don't think he's strong and powerful enough to, to finish people like Max Griffin, who is, you know, a middle-of-the-road welterweight, a good fighter, not a great fighter. Um, and, you know, I, look, I, I thought he looked okay. I thought I, I thought kind of looked better than he has in his last few fights. I thought he looked a little bit more sharp, um, and he didn't look like he was going to get knocked out constantly, uh, which has kind of happened a couple of times before, or get taken down even constantly, so, uh, you know, I'd be happy to see Carlos Condit fight again, to be honest, but, uh, yeah, it's, look, it's not the effective Carlos Condit of old, you know, and, and I don't think it can be. Um, Mikel Pereira then, uh, against uh, Nico Price, very fun fight again, you know, Pereira won the first two rounds, and he got tired in like the last minute of the second round, and they're like, "Oh, and on commentary, oh, is Nico Price robbing this round? Pereira's tired." It's like, so tiredness. He did land some impact, yeah. impactful, <laughs> something impactful needs to happen yeah. here. Just, and in I fairness, think that's another thing. Like you know, yeah. the, the commentators are quick to jump on stuff like that. I don't, I, I don't yeah, know why quick. that is. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's wrong. You know, um, it's wrong. I like fair play to DC. He actually called on this. He's like, he hasn't. Okay, Pereira's tired, but. Um, Price hasn't landed enough uh, shots to 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 put this around. I even 
I scored the third round for Price. I thought Pahela almost knocked him out in the first 10 seconds of it. Then Price went and won the rest of the round, but he landed very little. I thought Pahela was very tired, but, uh, you know, I, I think it was 10-9 either way, the third round. I scored a 30-27, but I think 29-28 was a, was a good score as well, but... Yeah, there was. It's just sometimes we get this weird thing about like, oh, the, there's a turn in this fight. And it's like, well, right, the, when did the turn happen? Like, did the turn happen a minute into the second round and he won four minutes of it and destroyed him, or was he getting destroyed for four minutes and then happened to win the last few seconds of it and still clearly lost the round? It was one like this was. Pereira won the first two rounds easy he was the winner of the fight you can argue over the third I think they all gave it the price fair enough maybe I'm a, a contrarian but I just like the the immediately impactful work of Pereira from the start and Price didn't land anything really um, so yeah but anyway it was, it maybe was because fight. like he's tired and looks like he's you know he, yeah. you are in more danger when you're tired your, your reflexes aren't up to it you can't move as fast you're mm-hmm. you know you're definitely more vulnerable so yeah, at the time you're thinking, oh, this is this is bad news. But yeah, there were, like I can't remember one big strike uh, from yeah. from uh, Price in the in the third round. Yeah, I, I actually, you know, uh, Top Pereira kind of came out doing this kind of you know letting it fly and trying to be exciting and stuff. And mm-hmm. I was I was kind of happy to see that we were me and you were kind of wondering, oh, would he come out and try to kind of be a generic? Yeah, fighter with a generic he's a, he's game a plan. bit like that, like that. Yeah, like, kind of, there was a bit there was a bit more of the kind of crazy man mixed in than I thought there mm-hmm. uh, at the start of the fight anyway than I thought <laughs> there would be but obviously you know that's maybe why you get tired after yeah. doing all that stuff like doing somersaults into in the guard and stuff completely illegal as well that was he kicked him right in the face as he was kicked lying him in his the back. head yeah <laughs> accidental or F, come on yeah he could have got anywhere um <laughs> Uh, Jiu-Jitsu also died last night as uh, Ilya Tapuria just destroyed Ryan Hall. Um, um, I like the people around. I think we were kind of giving out about the betting line as well. I, I look, yeah, I picked Tapuria to win, but I, 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 I thought, yeah, I thought, I, you know, I thought, I thought like it was a definitely a hard fight for Ryan Hall, but I thought you know he'd have a little bit more success uh, than just trying the same thing. Seem to be trying the same thing over and over again while looking like he's uh, he's just after waking up. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> you know, uh, it was a very disappointing performance from Ryan Hall. I saw people saying like, "Oh, well, it worked for him before," but. Uh, unless I remember it wrong, I think there was definitely a bit more variation than uh, yeah, <laughs> to his, to his was, game than there was in this one. I don't know what, what was going on there. That was exactly the thing I thought. Like, Ryan Hall is thought of this intelligent fighter. Why didn't you go for a takedown? Like, a normal takedown. Why didn't you go for a single leg double leg? Why didn't you get in close and try to pull guard? Like, why was it all this rolling shit? Like, it's... It's or didn't he stupid. like uh, Verdum and pretend to be yeah. like about to be knocked he, out? He did that once. He actually did that once. Uh, in fairness, at one stage. He didn't stage. sell it enough. He no, just kinda, I didn't. Yeah, yeah. 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 So, yeah, I thought it was a terrible performance. From, just absolutely terrible from Ryan Hall. I actually don't think Taporia. I think he could have opened up a little bit, but he was being safe and he was being very smart, and he just destroyed Hall in the end. Then and um, well, you're probably thinking there's no way he's going to beat me with this tactic. So, Jiu Jitsu is just dead now. So hard luck. All the jiu-jitsu fans out there, it is officially dead. This was it from 1993 until the 10th 
of July 2021. RIP Jiu Jitsu. Bye bye. So let's talk about that uh, Smith standing guillotine joke in, <laughs> in the opening part of the evening. <laughs> that was actually a nice uh, McKinsey team or ninja choke, I think some people call it, from uh, Zumagulov, uh, who Rivera actually looked good in, in that fight and was beating him up. I thought Brad Tavares looked very good as well. I thought he won a split decision, but I'd had his hands look sharp as fuck. I thought he looked uh, better better than he's looked in a long time. Tricky Stupla C as well got a beautiful right hand KO and you know, for, ground and pound, yeah. Uh, yeah, he liked, followed I mean, it up. He yeah, followed yeah. up a ground and pound. He dropped yeah. him with the right cross. Yeah, yeah that's yeah. true. That's true. And you know, for African MMA, there's been a lot of talk of it recently. Then going back to Africa, there wasn't much talk of it here. Oddly, I wonder why that was for. But um, you know, there's he's one of the best. He's one of the best training out of South African fighting. I think he's trained a bit in America now as well. You know, former KSW champion and things. So um, yeah, good to see him and Jennifer Maya then. Jessica, I oh, got a nasty Ooh, cut right across yeah. the head. Yeah. Fucking hell. Awful. Yeah, I, I, it looked really bad. And then at the end of the fight, when they kind of zoomed in on her, it looked even worse. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it was a gaping hole in her forehead. Yeah, what, a what a job the cut man did, though. Yeah. What yeah, a yeah. job. Ooh. Magician, that guy. Unbelievable. Like, you know, uh, it's it's an unfortunate thing ahead, but like that, but it, it was like a, an accident, obviously, but there's not much you can, not much you can do. But, uh, you know, that fight could, I was going to say that fight could have easily been stopped if the, if the cut man didn't do such a good job, you know, uh, obviously uh, I ended up losing the, the decision. It's a, it's a bit of a bad night for having that, that I don't know how many stitches she's going to require for that, but uh, a, a good few anyway. And it's a loss and it's, 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 it's a, it's a Tough one to take for, you know, uh, accidental headbutt, opening up that. But, uh, you know, fair play to her fighting on, fair play to the cup man. And, you know, a good win for Jennifer Maya. But, uh, yeah, that fucking, that gash was fucking nasty. Yeah, ridiculous altogether. Um, do you know what we're going to do is, because this podcast could go on forever. We're actually going to, and then, Graham, I'm telling you this here, we're going to record another podcast during the week. And we're going to look forward to the next event. So we'll probably have another bonus 20, 25 minute podcast. I'll put it up here for free uh, for everyone. But I'm going to answer, we're just going to answer one or two questions. Uh, questions was there uh, anything about UFC London in the questions that Dana White was talking about no why did he mention it I actually didn't hear he that said something, he said? Yeah, he said something about end of the year hoping to have it at the end of the year he's going to go sort it out soon or something so uh, I, I didn't actually see him say that I just saw somebody uh, some journalist uh, mm-hmm. tweet about it I think it was Aaron Bronister Bronster yeah yeah. Paddy, Paddy, Paddy Pimblett signed a fight contract there not too long ago I think uh, Darren Till was on with Ariel on one of his uh, one of his streams and he was kind of saying oh we, should, we could get a great card together with all the fighters you know so it'd be great to see him come back you know cage warriors have been able to put on shows they're going to be putting on shows in front of crowds look it's there's eighty thousand in wimbley tonight isn't there so it's uh the, the crowds are getting back they're open and everything back up in in the uk so yeah it looks like uh, it, it, it could happen are england gonna win is football coming home seems to be the question <laughs> <laughs> yeah, i don't know what do you think do you think i don't i, I think it'll um, be maybe a little bit too much room I think Italy are going to cause some problems if they if the refs on if the refs going to be influenced by uh, the crowd like in the semi final, you know uh, it could be a, it could be a tough tough uh, that, road for that Sterling dive. How was that God. not turned over at VAR? Ridiculous! Like, didn't even ask the ref to look at it again. Like ridiculous. I don't know. That's just, absolutely ridiculous. Yeah. Anyway. I, I don't really care about him, but to see him lose would be hilarious at the same time. But I, I don't really, I don't really yeah. care. Right, let's, Hopefully it goes uh, to penalties. And uh, yeah. I don't know, like, I don't know, it would be just for max entertainment and drama. But uh, I think 
I think, you know, it's a, it's a great chance for him to win this. You know, they, they, they have a lot of talent, even, you know, a lot of talent on the bench. <laughs> um, their squad is very deep. Italy are kind of the underdogs coming into the bit of kind of underdogs coming into it and haven't missed the, the last tournament, but yeah. they've looked a very solid team, like a mm-hmm. uh, unit. And, you know, obviously, uh, I think maybe they're, even though they maybe aren't quite as good as England man for man, they're maybe mentality and stuff is better. You know, people talking about Harry Kane, you know, scoring that goal. He, he missed a, a last, he fluffed the last minute tap in from a pullback from Grealish in normal time and then mm-hmm. took one of the worst penalties he's taken in his career. Awful, and yeah. The penalty was so bad that it actually like, if it was in the corner more, it would have been, wouldn't have been the chance of the rebound. It was, mm-hmm. it was like Wayne Rooney against Reina. It was just such a bad <laughs> penalty that it like squirmed back to him. Yeah. So like, I think, you know, uh, he's underperformed and maybe he'll perform in this, but he's kind of underperformed in every big game he's ever been in. I think it's important for England if they're going to win that he performs. Yeah, but we're all behind Italy anyway. Right, let's take one or two questions and then we, we leave it at this. Um, Jimmy says, do you think McGregor can't take a shot anymore? Seemed a bit hurt when Poirier pushed forward before the takedown. I, do you know what? I haven't watched it back. The shots were definitely affecting him, but not in, I don't think in like a, a hurt you know, about to be knocked out sort of way. Um, and maybe, you know, maybe he was carrying an injury or maybe there was something or maybe it was the, the new, you know, the adjusted stance that he was making get a little bit too close and getting off balance. But I I kind of saw that as well. There was definitely something there. Look, there was bits of times where Barry hit him hard and no doubt he was maybe not hurt but, but um, affected by it. But yeah, I think, you know, I think there was definitely a bit of that in there. What, what did you think, Graham, of the, the way McGregor was absorbing shots? Yeah, um, I'd have to go back and look at that specifically, but I didn't notice it to be like a, a big problem or anything. I think like both guys were were throwing like as we mentioned with ill intent and were throwing like with bad intentions, and I think both guys got like you know hit with really big punches. But I didn't I didn't think any guy was on, anyone was on the verge of you know uh, being knocked out or anything like that or, or even going down. Um, yeah, I think, you know, I I thought people talking, about, uh, I'm not sure where it was, uh, social media or something, um, that uh, they, they seemed to notice uh, Connor's leg wobble more times in earlier in the fight. Mm-hmm. I don't know when you went back and watched it, did you notice that? But uh, yeah, yeah I, th- I think maybe there was definitely some kind of pre-existing injury in that leg. Yeah, I think that's something we'll probably hear more about, you know, and if there was a pre-press conference, maybe we would have... Uh, Heard more about it. We'll uh, we'll see how that breaks on. Last question here. Uh, how do you think? I think it was from uh, Chris, uh, our, our, the legend over Chris with all these questions. Uh, how do you think Paria versus uh, Oliveira plays out? I think it's a fun fight, isn't it? Who do you think wins that one? Uh, I think Paria wins that one, but oh, yeah. he, I, I'd go with him as the, the safe pick. But Oliveira definitely has methods of victory. You know, he's he's. I've talked about it loads of times in the past. His kind of uh, mentality maybe being a problem, but he's kind of you know, for a lot of fights now in the years now, he's kind of put that behind him. So, uh, he's definitely, he's definitely, uh, kind of the most dangerous he's ever been. I think, uh, in terms, he's most well-rounded he's ever been mm-hmm. as well. So I think he definitely offers, um, lots of problems to Paria. He definitely has some, some extremely slick submissions, especially early. Um, and his striking is, is obviously not a Paria's level, but he's he's a long fighter and he's definitely able to use his striking a lot better than he was in the past. Um, yeah. So there's, there's definitely methods of victory there for him, but uh, if I had a free bet right now, I'd be putting it on Paria. I, I think Paria might just hit a little bit too hard, but I think like a big thing coming into that fight is usually when you're going to a UFC title fight, it's uh, you get hyped up for it. It's bigger than anything that's happened before. 
it's actually a little bit of a come down for Poirier, you know, from a McGregor fight. So that's an interesting dynamic that he'll have to deal with. And, you know, mentally, Poirier hasn't always been the strongest. And even this week, with a couple of those embedded in the backstage things where you've seen him, he, McGregor did get into his head a little bit, didn't make a difference in the fight. But, you know, but you, I think you could see afterwards that it really angered Yeah, it Poirier. did. And I wasn't expecting that, to be honest. But, yeah, but uh, I think I think it's going to be a great fight. I think Poirier hits hard and Oliveira hits very hard now as well. And on the ground, they can both finish it. So, I'm really, really looking forward to that. A really, really great fight. And uh, hopefully that happens maybe for the end of the year, early in next year. Um, right, we'll leave it at that. As I said, we come on with another podcast uh, during the week uh, to look ahead to next week. Uh, appreciate all the support during this week. It's been a huge one. Uh, I'm looking forward to sleeping now for about the next uh, 48 hours. And we'll be back with the Q&A on Tuesday. And all that's left to do is give the inspirational quote of the week. Always do what you are afraid to do we'll see you next Tuesday or maybe Wednesday probably bye good luck